It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm pretty sure that if I meet somebody who says they don't like pizza, I can't be their friend. I I really can't. (laughs) I'm the queen of... Just give me pepperoni and jalapeno. I'm really happy. However, we all know one thing. So many carbohydrates. So I'm about to solve a problem for all you pizza lovers out there and at the same time tell you the most inspiring story. It involves Amy Lacey. You may not know her name, but you have definitely heard of what she ended up creating and what an amazing story that has this cosmic crash between turning a really bad diagnosis into an amazing business. And all the while, she helps out with the pizza world. I'm so thrilled to welcome Amy Lacey, the founder of, well... I'll let her tell you, but it involves cauliflower. Oh, now you get it, right? Thank you so much for joining us on Everyone Talks to Liz. Thank you. I'm honored. And thank you for that intro song. That is the best. That's the Jonas Brothers. By the way, I love pepperoni and jalapeno. Oh, really? I'm such a spicy person. Me too. And we have a, I'm the founder and creator of Cauliflower Foods, and one of our um, most popular flavors that I fought for is the jalapeno crust. Which we infuse jalapenos into it. So it's a bit spicy. Mm -hmm. And the team was like, no, if you're adding spice, you're going to eliminate half the population or more. But it's one of our more popular flavors. So you guys have figured out now that cauliflower makes cauliflower pizza crusts that do not have gluten. They do not have wheat and all of these things that either people don't want to eat or they can't eat because they can't process it. Which brings me to how Amy who was born in Chico, California. Yes. <laughs> and had an alcoholic father and did not have the easiest childhood, ended up being the queen of cauliflower pizza crust in America and I would imagine you're now expanding. I love this story, but let's let's back up and start with your childhood. Tell sure. me about that. So, my mom left my dad at the age of 2 and when I was 2 mm-hmm. and he was an alcoholic. I have no siblings. And so it was just my mom and I growing up and about the age of, and my, and my we grew up really poor. I, I remember my grandma making me overalls and culottes and I didn't know any different, but my mom worked hard and when she fed me, it was like rice cereal, fish sticks, not things that you and I would feed our families, but I didn't know any different. And so I grew up kind of in that diet. Probably my mom learned it from my grandma because my grandma went through the depression. But anyways, I didn't really know any better. And then my mom met my stepdad. And when she got married, it was like he never was around. And all of a sudden, we were this instant family. Mm -hmm. Um, And I rebelled against that because I was so used to it just being my mom and I. So I decided hormones were kicking in. I wanted to leave and go live with my dad. And that wasn't such a great situation because he was an alcoholic, but he was also a bartender. He used to be a history teacher. He got fired, Mm. probably for alcohol, and he became a bartender. And he lived in an apartment complex, and 
I've only told this story one other time, but I feel the need to tell it to inspire your audience. But as an 11 year old, I was down at the they at the apartment complex they had like the pool and the hot tub and the the little recreation room and I was in there and a man tried to sexually assault me and I was able to get away and hide in the bathroom of the laundry room and so that really caused really caused me to go upside down mm-hmm. and I ran away from my dad's house I didn't want to go back to my mom so I started uh, staying on friends couches and different things and the school put me into a foster home across the street from the school and I ended up running away from there because they were pretty strict as well and um, my mom you know at her wits end sent me to live with my aunt and uncle and it was hands down the best thing that ever happened to me They didn't have kids, but they lived on a farm, and my aunt did a lot of tough love with me, but put me to work on the farm, and I think working on the farm and working with animals, and I felt like a sense of self-worth that I had never felt before. Purpose. Purpose, absolutely. And how old were you at that point? So when I went to live with them, I was 13, so I've now described about a two-year period where I was kind of floundering. And I lived there for eight months. I went to school there. Um, I can remember my uncle sitting down and doing algebra with me. And just really, it felt like it's supposed to feel as a family. And when I went home to live with my mom and my stepdad, I embraced them as a couple. And it wasn't me rebelling that somebody took my mom away, because that's what it felt like. So life was... Still a little difficult for me to adjust, but I was back in school. I was doing well. I was I was functioning normal. So from the age of 11 to 14, those were some tough times. Yeah, sounds like it. Mm-hmm. People think that most successful people out there have had pretty decent and, and idyllic childhoods. And hey, that gives them the foundation to build this great skyscraper of success. But the fact is... That's what we really like to hear at Everyone Talks to Liz because, uh, you know, (laughs) I say it over and over again. Nobody gets to see a rainbow without seeing some rain first, and you saw a lot of rain. Right. I think um, what really saved me is I never got into drugs, and I never ended up pregnant. But I was searching for love, Mm -hmm. so I was in behaviors that weren't, you know, healthy behaviors Mm -hmm. at all, and then having that sexual assault, really, I didn't trust anybody, so I didn't want to be near anybody. I didn't want anyone to touch me. And so I think those were some hard years, and it took me a long time to open up about that. You ended up, and I appreciate you sharing that with our listeners. It's not easy. It's definitely not easy. But you ended up moving to New Orleans after you graduated from Chico State. So I went to junior college first. I put myself through school. I worked at Sierra Nevada Brewery for Ken Grossman, another very well-known business in Chico, California. So if anyone loves beer, they will know what Sierra Nevada beer is. (laughs) Ken was my first 401k, but he also showed me a lot of people that went into the brewery thought he was the maintenance worker because he was always there and he was always working on the machines and He was such an inspiration to me, and he probably doesn't even realize this, um, because I got to see what a true business owner does, 
if they have a successful business, they're involved in their business. They're not in and out. They're there. They're doing the nitty gritty. And I saw that. Not to mention he gave me my first 401k, but then I transferred to Chico State and worked, continued to work it through um, to pay for school. And once I graduated, I moved to New Orleans to be with one of my best friends Mm -hmm. just because I had gone to Chico Junior, Chico High, and Chico State, and I was ready to get out of Chico. At that point, were you thinking, I want a career in fill in the blank? So at that, I had received my degree in, um, I had a BA in child development was my minor. I had um, decided that I wanted to go into the social work program because I knew that I wanted to somehow help other kids that were like me when I was younger. And so I got into the social work um, for my master's and I started doing that. And the program was $26,000 a year. And I started looking at the salaries when you come out and thought, I'm going to be in debt forever. Mm. So I'm going to get a job and I wanted to be in pharmaceutical sales while I go to school and I'm going to switch and go into a graduate school program at night and work during the day. And so I interviewed at different pharmaceutical companies. And at the time, you either needed sales experience or you needed to be a nurse or a pharmacist or a pharmacy student, something like that. So I decided to get a sales job. And my first sales job was with Pitney Bowes selling copiers, which (laughs) my interview, when I went in, the guy said, do you know what we do? And I said, yeah, you sell Xerox machines. And he said, <laughs> no, no, that's our competitor. <laughs> no, we sell Pitney Bowes machines. <laughs> and he said, you really should, um, you really should learn about the company you're, research- you're interviewing with, do your research. But he ended up hiring me and I was the oh. number one sales rep for the Southern states. And that, at that time, I decided, well, I'm going to put graduate school on hold for a little bit because I'm making really good money. And I'm going to go back and interview for the pharmaceutical or hospital sales position. Mm. Being the number one sales rep for Pitney Bowes was a big deal in the sales industry because that's a hard industry to sell. And what happened was I landed a Marriott account and the Marriott's were booming all over. And the way I landed that was the 1996 Olympics. I ended up getting some tickets to go to the 1996 Olympics and I took my aunt that I lived with for eight months to the Olympics. And the head of um, the business of um, the Marriott, Mm -hmm. who was signing off the contract for the copiers, was at the Olympics. And I hunted him down to get him to sign that Pitney Bowes contract because he was looking at (laughs) others. And he was so impressed that I went all the way to the Olympics. I didn't tell him I had tickets. But he was so impressed that I found him, and he signed it, and I landed that account. And then, wow. Yeah. So um, those are great memories because that same aunt ended up um, passing away 11 years ago of a brain tumor. But we always have that trip to look back on. Um, and of course, you know, I contribute a lot of the way I am today based on the eight months I lived with her. So about 10 years ago, you start feeling not so great, correct? Right. It was almost like overnight. It really was. It was weird. I had been getting some rashes, and we lived in the canyon, and I really thought the dogs were tracking in poison oak. Matter of fact, um, I was getting some steroid shots, which were masking 
um, the rashes because I thought it was really bad poison oak. And I kept thinking, I kept getting it on my chest and my face. And I'm like, I'm not rubbing against the dog. Like, mm-hmm. how is this happening? Maybe I'm petting them and then my hands, but, you know, I'm not touching my chest. It was, I was a little perplexed, but I didn't think much of it. Mm-hmm. And then I developed a blood clot. And I thought I was getting pneumonia. I couldn't breathe and I was struggling. And my husband's like, it's getting worse. I need to take you in if something's wrong. And they diagnosed me with pleurisy, sent me home. And then um, my husband still thought something was off and he had a radiologist look at it. And he said, nope, there's a blood clot in her lung and she needs to come back in right away. So I spent some time in the hospital. They put me on uh, Lovenox and then they put me on Coumadin, warfarin, which is actually rat poison, and they went looking for a clotting disorder. And it turns out that I had what they called then was mixed connective tissue disorder. So it's like a combo of different conditions that I had. But I ended up having systemic lupus, and they put me on Plaquenil. And then I also was taking the steroid shots. So I never, you know, I have an employee that has has lupus as well and she's gone through infusions i've never had to have infusions Mm. but ironically my grandmother my mom's mom had infusions for years and so there is some talk that it could be hereditary right but i i've never had any problems with it well one of the problems you did have was You couldn't eat certain things. So I did notice, so I'm a mom of three kids, and 10 years ago, I was a stay-at-home mom of three kids, and we had family fun night, which was Friday night pizza and games. And back then, it was Candyland and Clue and pizza. And Saturday morning, I would be, my hands would be swollen, I would be in pain. And so I started correlating it with the pizza, and I Sometimes I would just eat the toppings off the top of the pizza. But when I actually got diagnosed and I was on Plaquenil and Coumadin, mm-hmm. I actually had been working out when I wasn't sick at cross at a CrossFit gym. And Rob Wolf and his wife, Nikki, and Rob's written national best-selling books about paleo, they had opened the first CrossFit gym in Chico, of all places, And I actually sat down with him and he said, you know, I think you need to go on an elimination diet because I think food is causing all this inflammation and you need to go grain-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, alcohol-free, caffeine-free. So I slowly added some things back. And what I've noticed for me is that grains are a huge trigger. Absolutely cannot have handle grains. causes a lot of inflammation. So does sugar and so does alcohol. Um, dairy doesn't really bother me. So you looked at this and said, you still love pizza. Your kids want pizza night. Pizza's our favorite food in the Lacey household. Where did you say, let me somehow make this out of cauliflower? Well, let me backtrack a little bit because I say my biggest low in life where I hit rock bottom was not my teenage years. It was the year I got the blood clot because I was in so much pain. It got so bad that I was actually... I had had ankle surgery, probably caused from inflammation. I ended up being on a scooter for nine months. I couldn't take care of my my two older kids. I were pretty self-sufficient, but my little one, he was just one, and mm-hmm. I couldn't take care of him. So my in-laws said, you know, your mom's taking care of you. 
we need to come and take Grant home with us. Well, they live in Virginia. So Grant went to live with them for almost three months. And I think that's when I really hit rock bottom. And I'm like, I'm t- I'm, like, I'm not going to take this rat poison and Plaquenil and be sick for the rest of my life. I've got to figure this out. And by now, I've been bedridden, you know, in and out of bed, but I've got like the porta potty by my bed. I'm thinking, does my husband really want to be married to somebody like this? I'm, I've now gained 45 pounds. I'm now on Wellbutrin for depression because I'm really depressed. So I had hit a real rock bottom when Grant was gone. And I even remember calling my husband and saying, do you have life insurance on me? Because I think that's the first time in my entire life where I felt almost suicidal. Like, mm. I don't think I would have done anything, but I remember thinking they deserve so much more. And I decided after meeting with Rob... And that came after that. I met with him and sat down with him that I would, he told me to read his book and he said to eliminate everything. And I thought, well, I want to get off these horrendous medications. I was going to the Coumadin clinic three times a week, trying to get my INR uh, between two and four and it wasn't working. And then Plaquenil, you've got to get like the side effect is blindness. You've got to go to the eye doctor on a regular basis. I was just 40 years old and I was a mess. And so I say, I created a message out of my mess. I eliminated grains. I started getting healthy. I went to the internet, which most people do when they get diagnosed with something. And I looked up any kind of pizzas I could find. And I found on Rachel Ray, I believe it was Rachel Ray's, a cauliflower pizza crust online. And I thought, well, I don't even like the vegetable cauliflower. I'm a broccoli zucchini girl. I don't buy cauliflower. I think it smells, and I don't usually serve it to my family. But I'm going to try this. And so I tried it, and it was an epic failure. It was a, <laughs> <laughs> it was a big mess. Have you ever made cauliflower pizza crust Honey, before? I make reservations. Okay. <laughs> I'm the worst cook. My children shake their heads vociferously to my husband. Don't let her make dinner. You do it. <laughs> well, it's a pain to make it. So most people that say they've made it, have made a mess all over their kitchen because it, it's it's hard. It's hard to make it. So the first few times it didn't work, but I could tell it was going to taste good. So I kept trying to mess around with it. My daughter was helping me at the time. She was um, a lot younger, but she loved to cook, and she was in the kitchen with me, and we finally made it to where it actually stayed together and wasn't a big old mess. And I fed it to my family and they loved it. And then slowly I started feeding it to my friends and I just changed the way I ate and I got healthy and eventually I got off all the medications and I decided that I wanted to pay it forward. So I went to Martha Beck's life coaching school. She used to be Oprah's life coach and she still writes for O Magazine, did her program and I started paying it forward. And I started having these healthy happy hours with another health coach And we would do them on Thursday nights, and it would be no alcohol, but it would be healthy food. And we used to serve the cauliflower pizza crust all the time, and people raved about it. And they were asking, we want to buy this from you. Like, Mm. you should should sell these at Farmer's Market. And in Chico, Farmer's Market's a big deal. So we got into Farmer's Market, and myself and this other health coach started selling them. And pretty soon, we were selling out before Farmer's Market ever hit. People were calling and saying, hey, can I buy this from you. And so I got my cottage license and started selling it and doing it legitimate. And then I, we got into a grocery store and that's how Cali Flower Foods started was at Farmer's Market. uh, All right. 
Okay, there, that's a quantum leap from, yes. hey, my daughter and I figured it out after trying <laughs> out and messing around with the recipe to, hey, I'm on shelves at a grocery store. Well, no, no, no. Just one little local store that recognized how popular we were at Farmer's Market. Just okay. one little store. And how did you get from there to where we all are now. over the planet? This is incredible. Yes. Yeah, so that is a tricky little story in itself. So I was health coaching. And this was like a byproduct, and I was feeling really good. Mm -hmm. And I was doing pretty good as a life health coach. And I decided that I was going to go to this program called Story Brand. It's in Nashville, Tennessee. A guy by the name of Donald Miller puts it together. So I decided I was going to go to Story Brand, and I was going to go there representing my health and life coaching business. I had one employee at the time. She was another health coach, she was going to go represent cauliflower pizza crust that we served at Farmer's Market in this one little grocery store. And when we left that course, Don looked at us and he said, if I were you, he looked at me and he said, I would put all my money into the cauliflower pizza crust. Because at the time, there was no cauliflower products. There wasn't cauliflower rice. Mm -hmm. It was just the vegetable at the grocery store. Correct. So the employee and I went to dinner and I I, her name is Jimmy, spelled like Jimi Hendrix. And I said, Jimmy, I think I'm going to go all in. I think I'm going to close up the health coaching business. I'm going to rent a kitchen. And I'm going to start going all in on this product because nothing nothing exists. And it's helped me so much. And what did Jimmy say? And Jimmy said, okay, I'm there with you. And so we started and at the end of 2016. So we launched it March of 2016. Mostly 2016 was Farmer's Market. By now, I've rented um, a kitchen, and I'm making it still myself. And my family is helping me. So I don't have a co-packer yet. I'm not, you know, it's still really farmer's market and a couple of little local stores. We come back from Story Brand in November of 2016. And in January, we decide that we're going to start sharing our clients' stories that have been eating it. And I had this one client. Her name was Jessie. And she had a daughter that was two years old named Kenzie. She was almost three. And Kenzie had been diagnosed with autism. And she was nonverbal autistic. And the doctor put her on a really low-carb diet. So Jessie said, hey, Kenzie loves pizza. Can you send me some of your product that you sell at Farmer's Market and let me try it out on Kenzie? I said, sure, no problem, Jessie. So we sent her up pizza. Kenzie loved it. Jessie had to sit down and eat with her. Pretty soon... Jessie's calling me for more and more, and she's starting to buy it from us. For, that went on for seven months. This is in 2016. Jessie calls me one day, and she said, you'll never believe it, but Kenzie started talking. Stop. Yeah, she started talking. Oh. And now she has a special aid, but she can go into public um, preschool and eventually public <sighs> kindergarten. Oh, that's great. And Jessie lived a couple hours away from us, so I, never, I didn't see Jessie. We mm -hmm. just kept sending her product. And she said, and by the way, Kenzie would only eat when I sat down and ate with her. And I've been eating, we've been incorporating all low carb, but I've been eating your pizza once or twice a day, and I've lost 169 pounds <laughs> in seven months. And Jesse weighed over 300 pounds. That's a lot of weight to lose in seven months. And that was just a byproduct, you know, just a side effect of what she was trying to accomplish. So the story is, I tell... Jimmy, we need to share Jesse and Kenzie's story online. Let's share it online. Let's use what we learned at StoryBrand 
and make Jesse the hero. Using our products, Kenzie becomes verbal. Jesse loses weight. This is awesome. This is what a low-carb diet did for them. And so Jimmy says, well, I can't just put Jesse's story on there. You need to call her and ask her if it's okay. And I call, uh, I call Jesse and I said, Jesse, do you think it's okay if I share your story online to our community? It's a pretty small community. And Jesse got so excited and she's like, I want to be the Jared of Subway without the perversion. I'll be the Jesse of Cauliflower. Now, I don't know if you have to edit that, but no. <laughs> anyway, so Jesse was ecstatic about doing that. So in January of 2017, we shared Jesse's story. And in the month of January, we sold more than we had the entire year of 2016. Do you know anything about food distribution or testing kitchens or regulations. So at this point, I've done a lot of research. And yes, I've got the proper licensing. I'm now with Jesse's story going viral, literally, and orders coming in through the internet. We set up a business on Shopify. We had a website. There's a lot that went in in that year besides Farmer's Market. I'm now hiring a co-packer because I can't keep up with the production, but I'm packing it all and shipping it out out of a warehouse. And I've now asked my girlfriends to come and help me and my parents, my mom, and my stepdad, anybody that will come help me pack boxes because we sold $126,000 worth of product in the month of January on e-commerce direct from our website. Wow. Yeah. And we did a gross sales in 2016 of 120000 so by the end of 2017, I now have my friends working for me. <laughs> Again, no experience in the food industry, but what they are is hungry, humble, and have strong emotional intelligence. A bunch of us women working together, just really passionate about the cause, changing people's lives. We have a lot more Jessies that we get to share. Mm. A lot of people, diabetics that are eating our product now that can eat pizza again, that haven't been able to, of course, a lot of autoimmune because they resonate with my story. So the end of 2017, we end up having over a thousand percent growth and ended the year 5.3 million with um, 95% of it direct to consumer, 5% Amazon. Wow. Yeah. But with that success come the copycats. A lot. Cauliflower, <laughs> Green Giant, Whole Foods has has a version They're of it. They're 365, yeah. Did you ever feel like suddenly this market was saturated? All of a sudden, we started having competition. Cauliflower being the first one. Um, there were a few others out there, but Cauliflower came out quickly. And look, I'm not going to bash on Cauliflower. Cauliflower has a place for the people that go in the freezer section and buy tombstone pizza and want to try something a little healthier. Where we fit and why we're so different is we use fresh cauliflower. We use fresh ingredients. We don't use any, we don't modify the cauliflower in any way. We don't use pureed from China. We don't use powdered. We don't use dehydrated. We use fresh. It goes straight from the farm to our kitchen. And we still are an artisan handcrafted crust. So we're very handcrafted. It's very natural. One of our flavors, the plain crust, has three ingredients. Literally, it's just fresh cauliflower, stems and leaves, mozzarella cheese from the block, not already grated because there's all kinds of chemicals in the grated, and then eggs fresh from the farm. So gluten-free, vegan, low-carb. So we're grain-free, 
gluten-free. We have a plant-based crust now also in January that we created that's dairy-free also. So we've got all kinds of SKUs we've expanded in. I had ordered it, and I got it, and I sent it back because I said, I think you guys gave me the wrong thing. I had asked for the cauliflower crust, and they said, no, idiot, that is oh. it. <laughs> That's how good it tastes. Well, it doesn't taste like... It, the cauliflower taste that I didn't taste it at all that I hated in the beginning mm-hmm. um, because I didn't eat cauliflower. I learned that cauliflower is such a bland vegetable; it takes on the flavors that you put with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it'll take on that Italian seasoning. Which, by the way, garlic doesn't bother me. Garlic bothers some people with lupus, but we do use some garlic in our Italian, not in any other flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes on those flavors, so it's great. So we now just came out with our topped pizzas. We had pizza crust and flatbreads before. We had pasta and crackers. We just came out with topped pizzas. We have a um, we have a margarita. We have a supreme veggie and a cheese, and soon a chicken pepperoni. It'll be at the end of this month. This is unbelievable. And then, of course, you get the celebrities suddenly jumping on the cauliflower bandwagon for cauliflower. Eh, Whoopi Goldberg loves it. Gronkowski, uh, you know, the Patriot, (laughs) former Patriot who's now on Fox Sports. Thank you very much. Uh, This is just amazing. I'm sure that suddenly took you from, you know, 100 miles an hour to 250 miles an hour. We were getting invited to do pizza parties for the ESPYs before the ESPYs, the Emmys before the Emmys, um, the New York Food Show. We, so again, it's still my friends and I, there's eight of us, and we're going to all these events and we're meeting celebrities and we're, they're loving our pizza. Kate Hudson loved, after she had her baby, posted. I mean, we've had some amazing opportunities to meet some incredible people, not just celebrities, but just people in general. And it's been, the growth has been phenomenal. 2018, we went from 5.3 million to just under 20 million, still my same team, same, just, we had one experienced person we brought in, um, just amazing growth. Has anyone approached you to acquire you? Yes, I've had that. Um, We chose to go with a strategic partner instead. So that's another story, and, um, and that's where our vision has been this year, was to bring in some people that really understand the business and have strategy behind them as well as money because we wanted to go into grocery stores. Our customers were begging us to go into grocery. And at the end of 2018, we were in about 600, somewhere between six and 800 grocery stores. Whole Foods pulled us in in Southern California region. We were in Gelson's, a lot of California stores. A few, we were in Foragers out here in New York a few stores, but nothing major. And we were still doing the majority of our sales online, mm-hmm. direct to consumer. But our consumers were begging us to, A, write a cookbook because they wanted recipes, which I did. Mm-hmm. And it went national bestseller this year. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Abrams Publishing picked it up. And then um, we brought in a strategic partner to help us go nationwide grocery. The world is your cauliflower head. 
<laughs> not even the oyster. Well, I'd like to say that I coined the phrase, if cauliflower can be pizza, you, my dear, can do anything. Because I literally put that out on the internet and then now it's on t-shirts and Unfortunately, I did not trademark that name. I tried, but I couldn't. Okay, a lesson that you've learned. But <laughs> what is your advice to people out there who are listening who think to themselves, well, I have an idea, but I just don't know what to do. I mean, speak to that entrepreneurial spirit that is out there right now. So I often, when people ask me that question, first of all, I really believe that I took my mess and made a message out of it. And no, I got a lot of no's. And for me, that was next opportunity, not no. So I don't know if that's my scrappy upbringing where I wouldn't accept no, but I I also learned, I mean, I've made a lot of mistakes over the last three years. So I'm giving you the highlights, but I've made a lot of mistakes. I've learned from my mistakes. And I feel like if you're not making mistakes, you're not learning, you're not growing. Every time I made a mistake, and I learned from it, the growth exploded every single time. So I feel like mistakes have been little blessings in disguise. The other thing is I talk about five P's in my business. So the first one is having that product, something that's, for me, like I said, it was it was a product that brought back comfort to my family and stability at a time where they were the kids were really unstable looking at their mom in bed all the time. I brought back family night, pizza, game night, but a product, whatever it is, maybe it's your health coaching, whatever it is that you're, that you can help somebody with. So paying it forward, I think is really important. And we've always paid it forward, even when we had nothing to pay forward. Um, Perseverance, there's a lot of highs and a lot of lows, and you've got to figure out what's going to keep you persevering, what's going to get you out of bed. Because many times in the last three years, lupus has attacked me. I've had flare-ups. And I haven't wanted to get out of bed, but you've got to keep going. For me and my business, it's the feedback from the customers. So hearing them, hearing them say, thank you for creating this product. So perseverance, product, the passion behind it, you've got to love what you're doing. You've got to have some kind of passion that's driving you to want to keep going because there's going to be some bad days. Mm. Paying it forward, always pay it forward without expecting something in return, it will happen. You will, it'll come back to you tenfold. And then the biggest thing that I think has been a game changer for me is people. And what I mean by people is I started, like I told you earlier, with my girlfriends. I now hire people that are hungry, humble, and have emotional intelligence. I feel like the girls had that and we took it to a certain level. Now we need that experience, but it's gotta be people that are still really humble to admit when they make mistakes. Hungry because you got to be hungry enough to get up and you're not going to just work a nine-to-five shift in this company or this industry, in the food industry. You're working long hours. Sometimes you're working weekends on food shows. Um, It's not easy. And then emotional intelligence. Nobody has time for drama. So it's like we just, we get it done without, and we have fun. We have a lot of fun. But also with people... I feel like you have to surround yourself with people with the same value system, but also people that have experience that you can really soak in what they have to offer. Mm. So I have had an advisory board early on where I had a man by the name of Bob Burke, very well known in the food industry, kind of hold my hand. My lawyer, 
he is well-versed in the food industry, knows tons of people, has introduced me to a lot of people. That's been very important to look at people with experience and soak in what they have to offer. Amy, you are an inspiration. Oh, thank you. Not just uh, because of this incredible product that you've created, but the lack of foundation that you started with in the early years of your life. You really, it doesn't sound like, ever leaned on that and said, oh, woe is me. No, you you can't be woe is me. Um, like I said, I've made a lot of mistakes in my business and a lot of mistakes in life. And I feel like those are opportunities to learn and move forward. Um, there's been plenty of time where I could be woe is me. Like, oh, you know, this person did this to me or this happened to me. And I could play that pity card. Um, I'd like to think I haven't done that. I know I have. I've done it. But I'd like to think that I've eventually got myself up and at and gone and made something happen. And my whole life after especially after my childhood and after those teenage years, I wanted to help other people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm finally getting that opportunity where I can really make a difference in somebody's life. And so my goal moving forward is to expand um, on our products. We want to do entrees and we want that busy mom like you, busy working mom to be able to go to the grocery store, go in the freezer Get a product that's healthy and that you trust, that's low-carb, grain-free, that anybody can eat, no added sugar, throw it in your oven and have a meal in 15 minutes that you trust and is healthy for your family. I'm in as long as I can pretend I made it myself. <laughs> you can. You can put it on a plate and a tray and you can you can say you, you created it. Amy, thank you. Thank you for sharing what is an unbelievably inspiring story. Thank you. And the company is called Califlower. Yes. I love that name, California. <laughs> and there, well, that's where our farms are and our manufacturing plant, which, by the way, I purchased this week. <gasps> so. Mazel tov. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. Oh, and one other thing I'm proud of is that we're women-owned, so we have that certificate as well. So Congratulations. Thank you. Kali Flower, I'm thrilled for you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I hope you guys find by hearing Amy's story that no more excuses. You don't need to make excuses. Just dive in. It's okay to fail. It's okay to make mistakes. Just learn from them. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great to have you. And everybody should always, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern, stop whatever you're doing. And watch the claim and countdown, because if you're going to start a business, you need to learn how to invest your money, right? Thanks so much for joining us on Everyone Talks to Liz. We'll see you next time. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.